this out. Well, hello. It's uh, We're back here at the uh, Foundations Podcast for this week. I'm Steve Madden, and Pastor Paul Vincent is here with me. Hi, Pastor Paul. Hey, Steve. And uh, today we are going to continue our efforts into talking about this whole woke movement that we are seeing in our country, in our world for that matter, as well as the relationship of the church to it and how that relates, how we should respond to it. What And today what we're going to do is um, we're going to talk about what I would call the sex-oriented um, issues that pertain to wokeism. Now, those are these three. Number one is the LGBTQ uh, community or that whole uh, uh, issues revolving that that movement. The other is the um, gender fluidity, and the third is transgenderism. Uh, transgenderism and that that relates to that. Now there is a lot. Now first of all, let's talk about wokeism in in its purest form. What is wokeism? Wokeism is the desire of people in the world and, and all of these movements and all these people to accept their social movements, to actually try. And I would go, Pastor Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would go so far as to say they want us to affirm them. Yes, yeah, that is the big thing. And that's one of the things we've been talking about as it relates to uh, the issue with gay marriage. And, uh, yeah. and before it was ever done, I said, it's not just enough for uh, the Supreme Court to say that uh, two men or two women can be married. Yeah, It's not enough just for someone to even have the legal right to do it. The pressure has been, and it's not just this area, but this is a pressure, and that is that you must affirm it. Yeah. So it's not enough that you say, well, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't agree with that. No, 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 no. You cannot disagree with it. You cannot have a different opinion about it. No. And, uh, and once again, uh, that, that, that is a pressure that so many churches are facing. And unfortunately, so many Christians and believers and churches. And they're bowing. They're giving they in. They are giving in. They're giving in. And he, here's the thing is that, um, yeah, there's pressure to say it's okay to affirm it. It's not just that, okay, we live today in a country that is free. Okay, we have freedom in our country, uh, in the United States of America, okay? And you have the right as a human being or whatever, or a, a citizen in this country or living here in this country, to be a gay person. Yes, you do. You have a right to do whatever you want to do in, in, in terms of that. 
But now it's not just okay, uh, but I want you to be able to tell me it's okay for me to be gay, but I want you to tell me it's okay uh, that being gay is okay. Right. Yeah, and you know, and I, I I've had uh, you know I've had my opportunity to talk to many different gay people, mm -hmm. and uh, and and as far as you know, uh, in work environments and situations like that outside the church, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's what they want. They want the affirmation, and I've even been specifically asked because you know, knowing you're a, a pastor, you know, and things. Oh yeah. Well, sure what what questions. do you what do you think about this? Yeah. And I'm not talking about something being asked to me in a church service. I'm talking about in a secular world. Yes. Yeah. This situation, and I just look and say, you know, you have the freedoms in this country to pursue the lifestyle that you choose to, to pursue in this regard. Yeah. I said, but if you're asking me if I agree with it, I said, no, I do not. Mm -hmm. I said, and the reason why I don't is because God deems these things as sinful. Yes. And, and they said, well, so you don't affirm? I said, no, I do not. Now, while saying that, I said, I'm not here to attack you or to mm -mm, be mean no. to you or anything like that. But you're asking me a specific question. Yes, you have the legal right to do this. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you have in God's right, not in God's sight, the right to do these things. Because we'll all stand before a holy God. Everyone will. Okay. And when you give an account for that, I can guarantee you, based on what he said in his word, that will not go well with you. No, it's not going to go well. Now, the thing here is, is okay, I'm, I'm looking at terminology here. If you do not agree, or at this point, it's not necessarily agree that it's okay for them to be gay if they want to be gay. It's it's to affirm that. If you are not affirming that, as a uh, for the LGBTQ, this is one of the issues that we're we're delving into. I'm just going right from the start here. Is that you are called a homophobe? Yes, yes, and I've been called that. Numerous now times. let's look at that word just for a second, and you know. Okay, phobe, when you place it there, means that there is a fear of. Yes. So like if I'm agoraphobic, I'm afraid of spiders. Right. If I am, uh, what is it, uh, what's that other one uh, that's uh, where you are afraid of heights? Uh, anyway, you can be afraid of heights. You can be afraid of uh, different types of things, and they call that phobe, is a phobia. It's a phobia, which yeah. means it's a fear of. But you see, this is, you know, frankly, the the term homophobe is being used to shame you. Yes, it is. Because, I mean, the bottom line is we're not afraid of homosexual people. I'm not afraid and of And let's them. just put it another way. We love homosexual people. Yes. We love everyone. That's a good point. And to our bring church up. is open for anyone that wants to come. Now yes. what they need to understand is we will not accommodate or dilute or take away or miss what what you misinterpret scripture to suit anybody. We're gonna preach the gospel. Yes. You know, and uh, and that's what I've told people. I, I I tell you know I've had some. Well, you know, this is what I this is what I believe. I said, mm -hmm. well, you can believe whatever you want to believe. I said, but we're going to preach the gospel. Yeah. So you know, and I I've, I've even mentioned this. Uh, if you don't think I'm trying to pick on you, no. That's why we do a lot of uh you know study from you know just going through one book of the Bible and all the way through. And 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 I said one of the reasons that people don't like to do that is because they're not they don't want to deal with uncomfortable things. Yeah. And what that does is it forces you to deal with uncomfortable things. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and God has a lot to say about the issue of homosexuality. He has a lot to say about what a family is. He has a lot to say about what it constitutes a male or a female and the different roles that God has assigned yeah. and the different gifts he's given to each one. Okay. And, uh, and so there, there's no ambiguity in any of this. No. No, and I, I want to bring out what you, you said is that, you know, you said anybody is welcome to come to church. We do not hate. No. And and I think the homophobe is being termed that, well, you hate gay people. Yes, that, that's what... You that, hate them, you know, and, and that, that is what they're, they're trying to use that term for or to, to shame you so that you will say, oh, it's okay. Oh, that's okay. So you will allow them to continue in what they're doing in that in the fact that you will affirm them and so that they'll feel like well then it's okay for me to live like this right that's it and and so the thing here is though is that we don't hate the people i'm going to tell you what the bible says in john 3:16 that god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son jesus so that whosoever should believe in him or would believe in him should have eternal life and who does not believe in him does not have eternal life. But basically what he's saying is, is that God loves the world. He loves everybody in the world. And if you love God, you should love everybody he loves. Yes. So that's, it's pretty simple along yeah. the line. So as a church, you know, and let's speak for just a second here. As, as a church, you should love gay people you don't hate gay people we don't hate anybody we that should not even be really in our makeup as christians now our enemy is the as the devil but uh that like the bible says i believe it's in ephesians chapter six that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers etc so we don't fight our, our war battle is against satan and what he's trying to pull but we don't hate individual people no no of course not okay so and then as a christian and i say well how do i respond the people are calling me a homophobe and and uh, but i really i don't go for that i don't go for uh, people uh, for the gay lifestyle so how should i respond pastor how should i respond well you know when we teach on this, and by the way, uh, I agree with uh, Dr. James White on this subject right here because he's dealt with this a lot. Sure. And uh, and I've I've studied his method on how to how to how to basically, you know, deal with the subject of homosexual behavior. What does God say about it? Mm-hmm. And I think what you have to do is start in Matthew 19, and you know, and and here Jesus is being asked about divorce. Okay. And. Uh, and, and right here uh, in, in Matthew 19, 3, it says, Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him, asking him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he said, and, and his answer is fascinating. Uh, and by the way, it answers a lot of the things that we're talking about here. He says, and he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them, notice he talks about a creator. Okay. He who created them from the beginning, and right here, he quotes uh, straight from, uh, I believe this is uh, uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, he made them male and female. Yes. 
And, uh, and you know, and there would be people who try to define what that means. Well, maybe I start out as a male, but I want to become a female and this. But, you know, when Jesus said this, there's no one that has any kind of confusion on this. Mm-hmm. We know he's talking about Adam and Eve. Yes. Okay. And how we know that Adam was a biological male and, and Eve was a biological uh, female is because they eventually had sex. Mm-hmm. And had children. Had children, yes. After they were married. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, only a biological woman can have a child. That's correct. Well, yes, absolutely. Now, we're going to get into some stuff here as we go on talking about this wokeism where they're trying to take things. And we're getting some, well, anyway, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But what God defined, and here in Matthew, we're talking about pointing back to Genesis Yes. Where it, it on that, uh, I believe it was that six, was it the sixth day that yes, God created days. man and woman, male and female. and female, created he them. That's what Genesis says. Yeah, and, he, and, and Jesus is quoting straight from this. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on, and then he says, and for this reason, and this is Genesis 2, 24 and 25. Yes. And here it is. And for this reason, a man shall not, shall leave his father and mother. Mm-hmm. And everyone understands this father is a biological male. This mother is a biological female. Yes. And will be joined to his wife. This is a female, biological female. Mm-hmm. And the two shall become one flesh. Now, Jesus, when he answers this question, when he immediately affirms the Genesis account, the yes. creator. Yes. That's important. Because something else will probably get into in a this thing, later, and we'll yeah. talk about that later. But uh, but understand, Jesus believed in a six-day creation event, the seventh being a day that God rested, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he affirms it by quoting from it. Yes. Um, but this is the most positive way, to, to I think, to deal with this issue, is that God made people... You know, he made them male and female. Yeah. And, uh, and God... Uh, puts a blessing on what a male and a female who gets yes. married and has children. Yes. That's considered uh, a family. So God made men and women. And now, and, and uh, we're just going to get down here just a little bit. We're dealing within the LGBTQ issues and all that. And basically when it comes, it comes to wokeism, they want to be accepted in society. They want rights or whatever. They first, the gay marriage, they want to do that and all that. And, but basically it, it, you know, we live in the society that we live in. However, we don't have to agree with that lifestyle. As a Christian, I do not agree with that. That's what, not what the Bible says. No. And so we don't agree with that. But here, here, I want, the point I wanted to make here is this. God made men in one way, and he made women in another way. And I'm going to be very, I don't want to get graphic here, but I want to kind of bring out the, and there is, when it comes to having relations between the two, God made things properly and when they have relations they they uh, things work the way that they do that god made them not in a uh, you know uh, he made things uh, and I, I i'm trying to say this properly 
And what, what I want to say is that when they have sex, there's a certain way that they have sex. And I'm just going to be, lay it there. Now, in order for a homosexuals, this homosexuals, and we read about this in Romans chapter one. Yes. And let's, I, I tell you what, in order to, to do this, I'm, like I said, we're not going to get deep into this, but what I want to say, I want to read here is this. Therefore, God gave them in verse 24 of one, up, uh, them up to the uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. So God established one way, they want to go a different way. And worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, verse 26, God gave them up to vile passions, vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature, Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Now, I, 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 you can correct me, Pastor, but I mean, that is talking about homosexuality right there. Oh, definitely. Practices of homosexuality. And, and, the, and the context of that is the wrath of God that's revealed from heaven. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it's revealed against men who, in an ungodly way, suppress the truth. Yeah. It's a rejection of the creator and creation. That's Paul's arguments. Yeah. And, uh, and because of that, he gives them up. And so when you look at what Paul wrote uh, here... He is saying this is a symptom of people suppressing the truth or what happens when people suppress the truth. Okay. And, uh, and, and notice the terminology when he says things like this. He said, uh, he said, for, he said uh, their, their, their women uh, exchanged uh, the, uh, the natural function for what is unnatural, the ideal. I mean, it, and of course, in scripture and they redefine it yeah well it doesn't really mean that and, and you'll hear arguments like this in the christian church well you know i'm not involved in idol worship i'm not involved in this or that 
And so, you know, I'm not having illicit affairs with hundreds of men. Yeah. And so, so I've heard men say this, well, you know, as long as I'm committed to one person, I'm one man, and it's a monogamous relationship, then God's good with it. No, God is not good with it. No. Because, and, and what they have a real problem with is Leviticus 18 and 20, mm-hmm. where it's very specific when it says a male should not lie with a male yes. as he does with a female. Okay. He said, "This is toyba in Hebrew. Toy is the, uh, that's it considered an abomination mm-hmm. or detestable, and, uh, and and so and by the way, Leviticus twenty deals with the same kind of concepts. Yes, and uh, you know, and uh, it is amazing. You know what what they'll do, and I've I've heard this. Well, there's dietary laws there and that, whatever." And, and it's like that. What what does that have to do with what what he was talking about? He didn't say a dietary law, and and, and defying that was yeah. toyva. He didn't say that. No. And, and secondly, I don't think he judged any nation because they wore mixed fabrics or mm-hmm. ate shellfish. Yeah. Okay, but he did judge them because of these type of sins. Genesis nineteen is an example of that with Sodom and Gomorrah. So let, let let me yes, and let me call into the, this thing is that the, the, the individuals are saying, well, this particular description uh, or scripture to, deals with the dietary versus this. You know, to me, if somebody starts trying to do that, they're trying to reason a way into saying that it's okay. Well, what I have done yeah. with people, I say, okay, well, I'll play that game. So is it wrong to have it? So, so if you have a daughter that's six years old, is it wrong for you to have sex with her? And you know, almost anyone will say, well, yeah, that's wrong. Based on what law? You're not borrowing from my biblical worldview of Genesis 18, are you? Where incest is talked about more than anything. Yeah. Or is it sinful to have sex with a monkey? I mean, do you think it's okay? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, mean, is that that wrong? Is that sinful? And, you know, I've had people say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course you shouldn't do something like that. Based on what? Did Jesus talk about having sex with animals? Did he he talk about incest? Well, I would say he did because of the Greek word pornea. Yeah, exactly. But irregardless of that, was there no specific mention of that? Yeah. And and because people say, well, Jesus didn't actually say anything about homosexual behavior. Well, there's a lot of things that Jesus didn't actually say about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But we understand that God's word declares these things to be off limits. Yeah. Yeah. So and, that's not a very good argument. Yeah. And then and, and here is where we we're we're we're, uh, we're talking about uh, in the New Testament, Jesus accepted the Old Testament as the Word of God. Yes. Paul accepted the Old Testament as the Word of God. We have people today in the church, and I think you know an individual uh, that that wants to, I don't know, you tell us about it. He wants to unhinge us from the Old Testament. Yes, and and going back to that Romans 1, what is the wrath that God revealed against? It's men who suppress the truth. Okay. All right. Uh, Andy Stanley... Uh, the uh, son of Charles Stanley. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he pastors a very, very large church. I forget what city it's in, but but a very, very large church. Um, and made a famous teaching. In fact, you can see it on YouTube. It's all there. Yeah. He's been interviewed on this. He This is not anything done in private. I'm not saying anything that hadn't been already said. Yeah. And I heard him out of his own mouth because I watched it. Mm-hmm. 
and he made a case and said, we need to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. Wow. And, uh, and, and you know, and that is a bizarre thing. I mean, when we say that, first of all, that is, that is a, uh, to say that that's a dangerous statement is beyond, uh, that's irresponsible yeah. at the least uh, to make a statement like that. I mean, you know, first of all, if he if he believes this, and I can't tell you what Andy Stanton believes, but let's just take that for an example, because all kinds of Christians say, well, man, the Old Testament didn't have anything to do with this, and, uh, and I'm going to try to be as nice as I can about this. Mm -hmm. That demonstrates an utter ignorance of Scripture to begin with, yeah. a literal a lack of understanding of the Bible in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you... When you go into the New Testament, and we can use the New Testament to talk about this, in the New Testament it says they preached the gospel. They were scattered. They preached the gospel everywhere. Yeah. Now, let's back up here just for a second. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John weren't written yet. Mm -hmm. So when it says they were preaching the gospel, they certainly wouldn't preaching for that. Paul had not wrote his letters yet. No. Yeah. Okay, Paul wasn't even saved. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't have any of his, and Peter wasn't old enough yet to write his. Okay. All right, so when it says they preach the gospel, what are they preaching? They're preaching in the Old Testament, and they're preaching that Jesus is the Christ from the Old Testament. Yes. When they're preaching and teaching about issues of sanctification and, uh, and Bible holiness, what is the context? It is the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was the Bible of the early church? It was the Old Testament because the New Testament had been written. Yeah. And uh, and not only was it the Old Testament, if we want to be more specific, it was the Septuagint or Septuagint, however you want to pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, uh, which was the Greek translation of the, the Old Testament. Testament. Yeah. And uh, and so that they, and so when, when when a minister gets up there and says like 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 Andy Stanley, uh, we need to unhitch from it. That, that to me, is suppressing the truth. Yes. I don't care what his intention is. Well, you know, and I, I, I do believe that there's a scripture in, in the word that says if anybody adds uh, to this word or takes away from it, let them be, what was it, anathema? Anathema? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, there's warnings in the Old Testament, warnings in the New Testament about that. And uh, yeah, it's it's why anyone would want to do that. And, mm -hmm. and what I mean, when I when I believe what it means when it says add or take away, it's when we go into scripture, the plain teaching. Yes. Once again, we use the word hermeneutics. Uh -huh. the, the 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 correct methodology of the context of the passage. We look at it. And so we seek to discover who wrote it, who was it written to, what did it mean to them, what were the cultural backgrounds. Yeah. And so we can get the plain meaning of the text. In other words, when we go into things like that and we <coughs> then redefine them. Okay. And which is what these supposed preachers that say that 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 homosexual relations are sanctified by God mm -hmm. as long as they're monogamous. Yeah. Okay. What they're doing is they're going into the plain teaching of Scripture and the context of it, and saying, "Well, that doesn't really mean what it says." Yeah. And I believe that's taking away or adding to when you add your own little spin to it. And there's a warning there. You know, yeah. God's not going to put up with that. No. And uh, so, as for okay, so okay, we we've dealt with the LGBTQ thing. 
I did want to mention one thing before we leave this section here, and that is um, that is Sodom. And, and we were talking a little bit before the recording uh, of the podcast. And a lot, okay, we know the, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, we've, we've already dealt with the situation with the Old Testament. The Old Testament is truth. We go back, we read the story of Sodom and actually uh, the, 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 the city of Sodom. Now, one thing that, that bothers me is the fact that, you know, Sodom, in, I believe Sodom started and most likely started off as a regular city. Uh, you know, they just established a city or wherever that was. And at that point in the game, God was not wanting to destroy it. And eventually it got to the point in Sodom where it, to, to that Abraham was bargaining with the angels or with the angel that appeared to say, well, if there's five people righteous in the city, will you spare it? And God said, and he said, yes, I'll spare it for five people. It got down to one. If there's one righteous in there, will you spare it? He kept on bargaining and bargaining down. And God said, no, I'm going to take, uh, take uh, this city out. And when we talk about homosexuality, we, we talk about Sodom, and we know that that had permeated the city. Now, in order for it to permeate the city to the point when somebody walked through the gate of that city, that the, peop the men of the city would try to come after them to have sex with them. To me, that means that this, it, it got to the point where God said no more. I've had yeah. enough. And but know, it had to start, it had to come from somewhere. You know, and I've heard, uh, and, and by the way, these aren't people that are trying to affirm homosexual relations, mm -hmm. but I've been very shocked at some of the interpretation of, uh, of, of the events in Sodom and, you know, and, and saying that, well, when Jude and Peter talked about them going after strange flesh, yeah. that they were talking about that was angel flesh. Now, the context doesn't bear that out. No. And the reason why I say that is because those men of Sodom did not know that those two people were angels. No, they did not. They did not know that. They just thought they were men because they appeared as men. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they're not saying, hey, there's angels, let's have sex with them. That's not what they were thinking. They were thinking, these are two new people, we're going we're gonna to do that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so even though, I, you know, like I said, I, I realize that some of the people who come up with these things are not saying we affirm homosexual behavior. Yeah. Uh, I think they're missing a point here uh, because they, the strange flesh is when a man wants to be with a man, that's strange. Yes. Uh, well, God says it's an abomination. It's an abomination. If a woman wants to be with a woman, that's strange. Uh, because God made a man to be with a woman, and that's the way it's... Even if we're talking... You know, I'll, I'll give you an example here. I, I, know, I know a gentleman. I know him pretty well. And he uh, lives a gay lifestyle. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and he's always unhappy, and he feels like everybody's picking on him all the time. And, and, you know, one of the things I've thought about is I said he's living outside of God's creative order. Yes, he is. And it don't matter who you are. When you live out, I mean, whether you're a Christian or not, yeah. if you live outside of God's creative order of male and female, um, 
you uh, you're going to be unhappy. Yeah. And this gentleman want, decided to, I'm going to move to San Antonio, and uh, I want to be close to my family. Now his kids don't have anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. His wife doesn't have anything to do with him. He's divorced now, and he's with yeah. another man. And I don't know if he's married to the other man or not. I don't know that, but he is with him. And uh, and you know and he's he's always got a chip on him because he feels like he's being persecuted. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when you live outside of God's creative order, there's repercussions to that, even in society. Yes. You know, and, and I feel sorry for him. I prayed for him. I, mm-hmm. I've just, you know, God would open his eyes and, and show him things, you know. And, uh, and it's just really, it's really a shame when people, you know, go outside of, of that. And, and that's what happened in Genesis 19, and it was such an event. It, you mm-hmm. know, it was such... A, a stench on uh, the society. Yeah. And you got to remember the world's a little bit smaller back then, the population. Yeah. Of it. Sure. And uh, and God made a, a choice. This is a judgment of God, and these are left as an example of how He deals with this kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, so so if anybody's going to listen to this, and you are living a gay lifestyle, you may have the right to do that in our country, sure. but in God's eyes. You're in a precarious situation if you die in your sins. Yeah. And we would warn you to repent. Yes. And, uh, and, and and come back to what God defined as what is male, what is female, and how God institutes family. Yeah. And uh, by the way, we we don't hate you. No, no. We do not hate if, you. We do not I, hate. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. If we hated you, we would not speak to you. Yeah. We would not implore you to repent. We wouldn't mm-hmm. care. We wouldn't deal with these things. In the church, if we hated homosexual people, we wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. We wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, we wouldn't... Let them go and... The the blowback to it is tremendous. Why would we do these things? Because we were constrained by the love of God. God loves everybody. Yes. And we call all men to repent. You know, so that's that's, that's the gospel. Yeah. And the, the, the thing here... Okay, so let's... Let's move along. And okay, we, we were talking about different pieces here, the LGBTQ issues, that type of thing. Uh, let's move into transgenderism. Now, transgender means that a person is, um, they, 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 they begin as a woman or a man, and they want to, they feel that they should be uh, the other sex, like a man who, who's biologically a man, feels that he he should be a woman right that god made a mistake yes i mean that's basically the the point there uh, <laughs> god made a mistake you, sh- you shouldn't have been a you shouldn't have been born as a man you need to be a woman you should be a, a woman and uh so then what they will do is they will go through a transformation uh both uh, with all sorts of different things physically and all that to become a woman and then vice versa if a woman feels that way she becomes a man one of the actresses uh i can uh, uh that i'm not sure if she's gotten the full meal deal there um in hollywood is ellen i think her name was ellen something degenerate no 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 uh, ellen degenerate is she's a gay uh but DeGeneres no this was um <laughs> yeah she she started in several movies but then she, she oh um, she now is going by Elliot. Oh, okay. Okay. 
And so, anyway, what, what ended up is that, okay, at first she was a, le a lesbian, and then she turned up and says, no, I should be a man. And so now she's cut her hair and gone through the whole uh, transformation to become a male. Now, here's the thing. And then, then the, the, the issues when it comes to the wokeism is that you need to accept these people in society. You need to not only accept them as being a male now, you need, instead of, you're not calling her Eleanor anymore, you're calling her Elliot. And you need to abide by that because if you call her, if you mistakenly call her Eleanor, then you are wrong. Or you, maybe you're transphobic. Yeah, you're transphobic at this point. Well, it's just like, uh, uh, well, Bruce Jenner. I mean, I mean, he's been very That's public very about his thing. stuff and all like that. Yeah. Now he has not had, to my understanding, the surgery to go fully into a woman. That tells yeah. me his heart's not in it. Yeah. Um, but but irregardless, uh, this issue up until just a few years ago in psychiatry is considered a mental disease. Uh, it's. Uh, a mental disorder mm -hmm. and was treated this way with psychiatry all the way up until, well, just what, less than four or five years ago. They, yeah. they had to kind of back off that. Yeah. And that is because obviously a person who's in this situation is very confused mm -hmm. uh, about their uh, their gender. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and, and what's interesting here is that um, the, the, the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians deals with uh, the different uh, gender issues in homosexual behavior. Okay. Uh, in First uh, Corinthians 6, and, uh, and, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't even realize this. I was just looking ahead, and he continues this thought, and, uh, and, and he brings in, in verse 16, or do you not know that one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For it says... The two shall become one flesh. Where is he going back to? Genesis chapter one and two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny there. Uh, but but what I'm saying is he gives a vice list here, and uh, and, and so uh, he says right here in verse nine. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? He says, do not be deceived. Mm -hmm. He says, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor, now here the word effeminate is used, and we'll come back to that, nor homosexuals. Mm -hmm. And then here's the, and then he says, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor uh, drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then verse 11 is the key. Okay. He says, such were, notice the past tense of that, such were some of you. Okay. So what he's saying to the Corinthians that some of you occupied some of these positions. Some of you were homosexual. Mm -hmm. Some of you were, well, he didn't use that word effeminate. He used a different Greek word. We'll talk about that. Yeah. And, uh, and some of you were drunkards. Some of you were adulterers. Some of you were fornicators. In other words, such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of our God. Yes. So when I come in contact with Christ, yeah. that is the risen Christ, I'm drawn by the Holy Spirit to receive him as Lord, that's my past. Yes. That's not who I am today. I'm made a new creature. Okay. And uh, 
But what I was going to bring out here is the words in the in, in the Greek. And uh, when it says, uh, nor effeminate, that is the word uh, malikos. Okay. And malikos. Uh, which is the ideal of soft. Uh, Paul used it. Um, and then he coined a term here when the word homosexual is used. And I, and I may not pronounce this right. People pronounce it differently. But I, I pronounce it arsenicotype. Okay. And uh, and it's a it's a uh, it's a a coin term Paul used from Leviticus 18, and that is an arson in the Greek, which is a Greek version of that portion in, in Leviticus 18. Mm -hmm. Is a man okay. will not have sex with a man like he does a female. So yeah. it's a, a coin. It it coins a man who's having sex with a man. So it's arsenite like that, and uh, which is homosexual that's how we yeah. translate that and then the word malikos being soft if you'll the ESV puts a footnote on this I think maybe even the New American Standard does I can't remember okay but I like what the ESV said about this that Paul was talking about the difference in orientation mm -hmm. and you can see this in almost every homosexual relationship you'll have a man who is a homosexual that acts like a woman okay Okay, he acts like a woman. He's very effeminate in his mm -hmm. behavior. He's he, he, like he. I, and I, it, it, I, I'm not talking about somebody who's. There can be people who are effeminate or not homosexual. Yeah. Let me let me back that up. Sure. But I'm just saying, a homosexual man who is a homosexual man, and he, he acts like a woman, mm -hmm. and it's, it stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And yet the man he is with, unless you knew that he was a homosexual, you would never know it. Yeah. Because he acts like a man. Okay. Okay. And then the flip side of that in a lesbian relationship it's is the, the man who, the woman who acts like a man is the arsenic type. In other words, we call them sometimes someone who's butch. That's a, a term that's used sometimes. Yeah. A woman cuts her hair real short. She acts like a man. She dresses like a man. And who is she married to? A Malico. She's married to a woman who is you know, having a relation with her, and if you did not know this woman was a homosexual, you would never guess because she acts like a woman. So mm -hmm. it's like a flip side where Paul's dealing, and hey, by the way, I believe what he's writing is inspiration. He's yeah. being moved on by the Holy Spirit, yeah. and God is defining the different orientations. And so as it relates to transsexual, you have people that say you're a man, you want to be a woman. What what, what are you doing? You're just transit. You're just doing exactly what Paul was talking about. Yeah. You're just becoming the very thing that God says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. And uh, and so and then the flip side of a, a woman who wants to be a man. Yeah. And uh, so this I mean it's amazing how when we actually study the scripture that yeah. God already had an answer for all this. Paul obviously dealt with it. Yeah. With the Corinthians. Yeah. So okay so. Uh, when we're talking about all of this, what I want to I'm gonna bring it back down is a lot of it stems to the to God and His creation. Yes, and you know we we had talked about wokeism as starting, and I, I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, put this in here now. We had talked about a priori. Now that's a, the 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 term a priori is a Latin term. That says, where do you begin your philosophy or your belief system from? Where does it all stem from? 
We had talked about, I think, and we mentioned it in our last uh, uh, session, that wokeism stems from a lot of hatred. Yes. And a lot of hatred now. And the, the thing is, is that hatred, and I asked the question, well, hatred of what? Hatred of people? And then when you look at it and we start reading the scripture, that these individuals really hate God. They hate God. They hate his creation. He, they hate his word because, frankly, they don't want to abide by it. And if, you know, it's, it would be really easy for me if I wanted to. A lot of these things that we're talking about here with uh, uh, LGBTQ, with transgenderism, and then uh, we get into uh, in the gender fluidity piece, we're talking about things that are just not normal. No. When it comes to what God established in his word and what God established. And but and the easiest thing to, 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 to look at or to be able to understand is that if I want to live what it, the life, whatever I want to do, I mean, if I want to become a woman, I want to become a, a uh, or whatever, I want to turn gay, I want to do whatever. All I have to do is say, first of all, there is no God. And if there is no God, there is no established word of God and no established standards that he has put in place that I have to live by. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, well, so when we're defining hate, uh, that's what they do. They hate God. And now, now, that's the origination of it. Now, some of these people that go to a woke church yes they may not say well they may say well, i don't hate god no but the point of what is the woke gospel mm. is a gospel that has its uh foundations not in the word of god no it has its foundations in some perceived social injustice yeah and uh, and and that has its uh concepts in men who suppress the truth because we hate god yeah and, uh, you know, think about it. Why, why is there such a war on having the Ten Commandments in the halls mm. of our government? Yeah. Why has there been such a, a, a fight in, in, you know, in, in school districts all over the nation? Uh, to, we, we, can't have, we can't have Bibles, and then all of a sudden, well, students can do it, but you as a teacher, you can't say yeah. anything. Why? We hate God. Yeah, we. I mean, that's what that's what that is, because if we don't, because God has something to say about all these things. Yes, He does. You know, and uh, I had someone look at me the other day and say, "I don't understand what what's wrong with all the children in school districts, and and why is it that we have all this confusion?" I said, "It's real simple, and it comes down to a concept: the fool has said in his heart." There, is, there is no God. And anytime you look at what God said about raising children, mm -hmm. instruction, discipline, and everything like that, and you say, well, we're not going to do it that way. What are we doing? We're suppressing the truth. You can say you believe it. Yeah. You know, you can say whatever you want to. But if you don't act upon what God said, you're no better than an unbeliever and an atheist who, who says, I, I just simply don't believe it. Yeah. You're suppressing it. And, uh, and I said, and that's what's wrong. The world's upside down mm -hmm. because they have looked at God and said, we don't care what you said. We're not doing it that way. Yeah. And so you're no different than the fool who said in his heart, 
there is no God. Hmm. And I mean, and this this begins to permeate society, but not and now we see a systematic movement, and this is this is one thing that I see with wokeism, and we're talking to gender uh, uh, transgender. Um, there is a movement to go. It kind of it kind of takes on a life of its own. You first you bring this, and you allow this to happen. You allow. Uh, uh, you know, people are living the gay lifestyle. And I said, well, they've lived that for years. Well, yeah, they have, but they didn't really put it out into society. Until now, what we want, what we, what we're into, and what the people are, what we're dealing with, is that we have schools that want to teach our children. Public schools, they want to teach our children it's okay to be gay. Or if you don't feel right about yourself as a boy, well, maybe you're a girl. Yeah. And it's sad. You know, we, we were talking, uh, I don't know if it was Wednesday night, Steve, when you mm -hmm. and I brought the, I, I think you, we, we, you brought up a point and because uh, and, uh, we were talking in terms of uh, the transsexual movement. Sure. It, because we were going to be talking a little bit about this. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, I made a point and and I realize that we're probably, wow. Anyway, I'll just say it. <laughs> I made a comment that uh, that then Donald Trump, he wasn't president at the time. Yeah. When he was running for office, he was asked about the bathroom issue, whether a man who felt like a woman could go to the bathroom, or vice versa. Yeah. And and I realized that that uh, that Donald Trump did not probably intend for this to be his premise on the subject, mm -hmm. um, but he sat there in a little bit of a little frustration. He said, "Let them use whatever bathroom they want." He said, "We got bigger things to deal with. We're talking about the issue of the economy," and he went on and all this stuff. Yeah. Interesting enough. Donald Trump then became won the presidency, became president, won the uh, 2016 election. Yeah. And since 2016 to this moment, we did not have a massive movement toward transsexual behavior. Yeah. Oh, it had been with us. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about it wasn't a movement like that. Yeah. And it's just like all of a sudden it popped out, and it's in our face now. Yeah, and one of the things that you said, and I thought it was interesting, and, and it is true, mm -hmm. that you know our our leaders, especially when you talk about you know your president, someone who has a high office like that, yeah, that uh, when they do something that is against you know scripture, yeah, you know they they do something that is sinful, it's like it has a spiritual force. Yes, it's released. It released it. it released in, yeah. in our country, in and, our country. And, and, and maybe they didn't intend that. I'm not saying mm -hmm. they did it on purpose. No, uh, you can see this with uh, Bill Clinton when he was president. Yeah, and that whole issue with Monica Lewinsky and all that trial. Yeah, and he denied having sex with her and continued on. And finally, what you find out is he he's pressed. We won't talk about why, but he was pressed to tell the truth. And that is that he said, well, I did not consider oral sex, sex. Yeah. And when he said that, from that moment to this moment, there has been a massive uh, emphasis on that subject. Yeah. Even in movies, 
Yes. I mean, everything. I mean, it's just amazing. And then it gets to the children. You know, well, let's just have oral sex so we can't get pregnant. We can't do this. Yeah. And and, and where did that start? We can go back further. Uh, Ronald Reagan. We know now it's a factual point. Yes. That they consulted psychics. Psychics. A, a particular psychic. Sure. That. I think her name was Agnes something. something. Anyway. Um, and what did that release in our country? A resurgence of witchcraft and the occult. Yeah. And uh, and I, I do believe, and I'm not trying to blame any of these presidents, for I don't think that was their intention. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, this transsexual issue got its real big boost in the election of 2016 yeah. with Donald Trump. And there was something that, you know, when God puts people in office like that, it's almost like a patriarch pronouncing a blessing or a curse. Yeah. And something got released in our country. And and that's why we're, we're speaking toward it. Yeah. By the way, we're not attacking, you know, President Trump. No, no, That's no, not no, the no, point no, of what no, we're no. doing. Any more than we're attacking President Clinton. But you see, it's anybody. a spiritual release. Yes. Yeah, that's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual war. war. And then all of a sudden, we're fighting this issue now. Yeah. Now, we're, we're worrying about, and I, I remember in the news, and y'all can check your news, uh, that there was a, a, a man who was a prisoner was uh, said, well, no, I'm a woman. I feel that I'm a woman or whatever. So what they did is they put him in to the, the ward of uh, the female prisoners and they end up finding that a bunch of them are pregnant. A bunch of the, the ladies are pregnant. And uh, we talked about the Caitlyn Jenner situation there uh, as well as different ones. But here the thing is, wokeism and by, by its core is an assault on creationism. Yes. It's, all, it's on creation itself. Because God made men, male and female, made, he made them, and he made them to function in a certain way. Yeah. And to have children together and yada yada. Now, okay, and then now we get into, and let me just kind of, let's kind of graze the gender fluidity piece. But what are you talking about? Well, I begin to look up the whole gender fluid situation. And what it is, is that as your gender expression, you are not, you don't always have to be a boy. If it's like, like maybe today I feel like a guy. And then, well, maybe in a couple of weeks or next year, I will feel like a girl. So I want people to recognize that I am, well, today I'm, I'm my gender, I feel like I'm a woman. Yeah. Well, and, it, and they have certain gender expressions, yes, which are just amazing. Uh, when when uh, that uh, when I was looking at these things, is that okay? Now one of the one of the things that people take on, and I'm, unfortunately, well, what I'm seeing, and even in our jobs and stuff, that people are saying, "Well, these are my personal pronouns." Yes. And so uh, today I want to be called he or him, or tomorrow I want to be she or sh or her, or maybe I want to be called the uh, they or them. Now get this: a person, a human, one individual human being being called they. To me, that's just weird. Well, you know, and this, this these kind of things are just absolutely crazy, and and you know, and I. 
what they're talking about now all ties into this, which yeah. is called the metaverse. And what they're trying to do, well, by the way, you can already do this. You can buy these goggles you put on mm -hmm. and, and these games, interactive games. You can sure. play with anybody. You can be a man. You can be a woman in the game. Yeah. You can be a dog. You can be a three-legged person. It don't matter. In other words, you get to choose what you want to be, Yeah. which is crazy. Now, here's, here's hopefully, honestly, I almost hope this happens. Not that I want it to happen, but if it did, I would love to see how people would react to it. That mm -hmm. is a better way of saying it. Can't we imagine if Mike Tyson, you know, I think he's 60 years old right now. Yeah. I would run for that man if he came after me. He'd yeah. probably catch me and beat me silly. All right. I mean, there's no sense of standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with that man. Uh -huh. I mean, I don't care how old you are, how young, it don't matter. That man's a monster in the sense of he's got talent and skills on boxing, and, and they're not what they were when he was 20. I get that. Yeah, but... But even, like, say, 60 years old, what if all of a sudden he says... In gender fluidity, oh, I feel like a woman. So I want to go to that cage fighting with women. You know how women get in those cages just like yeah, men yeah, do, yeah. and they fight with you. I want to fight with them. I feel like a woman, and I want to. I want to. Can, can you imagine him getting into a cage with? I don't care what woman they have in those cage fighting. He would yeah. kill them. Beat them or chew, chew yeah, their ear yeah, off yeah, or that's whatever. What, what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. they would stand no chance. If they hit him, he would laugh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he he. And what if he did all this and he became the champion? Can you imagine him standing up in the ring and putting his hands over his head and saying, "Yeah, yeah, everybody, put the medal on me, put the belt <laughs> on me." Now, I would hope, I would hope if that happened, that we would not be as dumb as a donut, yeah, as people are being today, with this Thomas character who is identifying as a woman and swimming against a bunch of women yeah. and holding his hands up, oh, I'm a champion and I'm winning all of this stuff. And why this is tolerated yeah. is because the wrath of God is revealed against men who suppress the truth and God gives people over. That is a symptom of yes. it. And so this, this gender fluidity, this transgender issue, the mm -hmm. homosexual issue, they're symptoms, symptoms of people that reject the Creator. Rejecting God, hating God, hating His Word, and not and saying, hey, I know better. You know, we, we back in the day, and I just remember this many, many uh, years ago, that we already talked about the secular humanism. And that particular thing came about that man wanted to define, man was his own God. Man wanted to say, well, this is the way, man wants to control things. And I think this is, this is the point, uh, and like you said, this is a symptom because we have a symptom of a deeper situation. When we talk about a priori, we're talking about in wokeism, a hatred of God, a hatred of his creation, and say, no. We want to be able to say the way things are, and um, and so and then God gives them up to their reprobate mind, as He says in His yes. Word, and He says, "I'm going to go ahead and do your thing." And I believe the thing is, is that in Sodom, God gave them up to their reprobate minds to the point that they got to the point where it was no longer saying, "Whoa." I got to do something about this. And then you saw what happened 
in Genesis 19. Yeah, and you're, the, the judgment of God that, that came. Um, the scariest, creepiest passage that I've ever read in the Bible mm-hmm. is in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And, uh, and, and here is his discussion about uh, catching away the, uh, the second coming of Christ, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Antichrist, or he calls him here the man of lawlessness. Yeah. Um, and, and then, um, and then he, he, I believe it's the 12th verse. Uh, well, actually, no, it's the 11th verse. And let me just read the, the, the 10th verse. It, it says, and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about deception here, yes. the, the, the Antichrist. And so they would be saved. He said, for this reason, and this is to me so creepy. It says, God will send upon them a deluding influence or I believe the New King James says he God will send them strong delusion uh, so that they will believe what is false. Yeah. Now, when you stop and think about that just for a second, let's use the New King James translation here. Okay. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie. And do we have some context of maybe what Paul meant there? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think uh, there when uh, Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat and Judah kind of went with King Ahab and they had all those prophets that came in there and, and are all saying, hey, you can go against these uh, Gilead, you know, people, you know, whatever that enemy was. Now mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of it. But, uh, you know, one guy put on some horns and started goring around and said, you'll gore the enemy and all like that. Yeah. And Jehoshaphat says, well, you know, is there someone else? Is there another prophet? He, he, he kind of knows something's not right here. Yeah. And, uh, the, and Ahab says, yeah, well, there is this one man. We got him in prison. And uh, Micaiah. And uh, he never says anything good about me. So they brought him in. He was even warned to tell him the truth. And then, you know, and then what he, he describes this scene in heaven. He said, let me tell you what I saw. And this kind of council, you know, all these beings surrounding God. And God's asking who will go out and, uh, and deceive Ahab into, into this battle so he'll be killed. And it says a spirit yeah. came before him and said, I'll do it. And, and the Lord looks at the spirit and says, how? And the spirit says, I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophets. And he says, go mm-hmm. and do it. And of course, when he said that, he got horse slapped by the dude that was gore, doing the goring thing with yeah. his iron horns and all like that. But but what I'm saying is, I don't know if that was Paul's context of that. We don't know. Yeah. But when he says, when this lawless one will come, Yes. He said that for this reason, because people rejected the truth. They rejected the love of the truth. Yeah. Why? Because men are suppressing the, the truth. They're, people are being deceived. Mm-hmm. And he says, God will send upon them strong delusion. He didn't say the devil will do it. He said, God will do it. Yeah. No matter how you want to look at that event there, and I believe it's in First uh, Kings, no matter how you want to look at that Jehoshaphat Ahab deal, yeah. God's the one that sent that. Mm-hmm. He's the one that commissioned it. 
And, uh, and so whatever your theology is about, whatever that spirit was, the point was God sent that delusion. Yeah. And that to me is creepy. I don't ever want to be in a place to where I look at anything in God's word and say something, well, you know, I don't know if I believe that or whatever. I don't want to be under a strong delusion. No. And the, the thing is, is that we're talking about truth and the suppression of truth and delusion. People believe in a lie. Um, and there's a, you know, it is a lie. If you are born a bi biological male, you are a male. If somebody tries to tell you that you're female, that is a lie. Same thing with if you're born a female, you're biologically born a female, and somebody tries to tell you you're a boy, that is a lie. That yeah. is a deceiving spirit. Yeah, and the creepy thing about yeah. deception, and I've taught this deception. for years, no one who is truly deceived knows it. No. That's the nature of deception. Mm -hmm. You believe something to be true when it's really false. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that is sad, you know. It is very sad. Now, one thing I did, did want to mention, and we probably will take it up in our third, uh, when we go next week, we're going to be going into talking about the, um, um, the other issues, CRT, about the, uh, what we call uh, uh, critical race theory. Yes. And, um, and we're talking about the BLM movement and that. And uh, but one thing I do want to mention something about churches. Churches have a tendency. Well, you say, well, why? Well, the the big question: Why do churches fall for this? Why are they? There is a woke gospel. Why are we even dealing with that right now? Well, here's the thing. Churches have a tendency to take direction from the world. They uh, in that they basically try to measure themselves by the world's standards. And one of these things is while we're doing all of this research and talking about this and going into this set, is that there is a lot of churches, they want to be approved and affirmed by the world. Yes. Now, Jesus himself said that the gospel is an offense to people. He said, You're the, if the love of the world is there, the love of the Father is not in you. Yes. Um, there is a distinct separation. The world is not going to love you. And when you stand for these principles, when you stand on what God says, you stand on creation, you, you uh, stand on the side of what God says in his word, you believe in God, and you do not bow to the pressures of society and and uh, that basically, yeah, you're not going to be liked by them. They're going to call you, well, you're a bunch of homophobes. You're going you're to hear all that kind of stuff going on. But you say, no, we don't hate gay people, but we will preach the truth. Yes. And unfortunately, we have a lot of churches, a lot of so-called preachers, evangelists, uh, teachers, or what have you, coming from a Christian standpoint that are trying to fit worldly standards and theology, worldly theology or philosophy, into their theology. And when we talk about uh, hermeneutics, we talk about the term eisegesis. Yes. Eisegesis means you try to read into Scripture what you want it to say. When you start doing that, 
sir, if you are a preacher saying that and you're preaching that, you are a false teacher, you are preaching false doctrine, and frankly, you're going to have to answer for that one day. Now, this is kind of stern speaking here, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that as a preacher of the gospel, as a minister of those who are influencing others, if you are leading them in the wrong direction, you will have to answer for that before God. We, we talked a few weeks ago about Jesus t teaching, and I said, if you lead one of these little ones astray, you might as well put a, a millstone about your neck and cast yourself into the sea. And you, are, you, you need to f stand on the side of truth as a minister of the gospel, as a church. And, if, and frankly, friends, if you're a Christian, you want to go to a church and that you, you uh, are, have a pastor or a preacher or a church that is teaching these things, that it's okay, you better get on out of there. You, you should not follow them. That is a false teaching. And I mean, that's straightforward speaking, but the fact of the matter is, is that our churches, and we have long had that tendency, Pastor, to try to be okay with the world. And we're just not going to be okay with the world. Well, we can't be. I mean, because things that God deems as sinful uh, or, uh, you know, we cannot call that righteous. You know, we, 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 we cannot sanctify something that God calls uh, unholy. No. Uh, and yet that's one of the things that are talked about when people start calling what is holy unholy mm -hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. Then we know that we are in a, in a very precarious situation. As far as, you know, I, I, can, I can share this, I guess. I'm, I'm an Assembly of God minister. Sure. So I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed of that or anything of that nature. But it was interesting being in a, in one of these uh, minister meetings. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean. And this is one of the leaders in our, our movement, not not on a national scale, but on a local scale. Sure. And I was sitting at a, I was sitting at a, uh, a table with him, one of our national leaders, and a few other people. Yeah. And. Um, and I don't. I asked a question to the, this was a national Chi Alpha yeah. leader, and I wanted to know. I just had a, an, I, I, I had a question. I said, "Sir, I said, look, I, I just, how are y'all dealing with the issue of uh, the same-sex issues of people who want to, you know, affirm that as a Christian behavior? Are you having a lot of problems with that on your college campuses? I would assume you are, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know what we're dealing with on the local level, and it's not funny. Yeah. And I said, what are y'all doing? And you know, I just wanted to know what he was going to say. And he said, so it's a very big problem. And he said, we have to cross every uh, T and dot every I on what we believe, and we have to, you know, but they're dealing with it. I mean, they're, they're having to deal with it. They're on the front lines. Yes. This is what got me. This this other guy, this leader, and I and I got a point on why I'm going to share it. He just came out and said, "Well, I had two lesbians that wanted to come to my church." Okay. And this was like four. This was a four year experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they 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 uh, they said, "Well, he he told him. He said, hey, we don't, you know, we don't affirm that kind of lifestyle.' Yeah. 
and they said, well, we just wanted some deep, deeper teaching and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and I want you to understand, they were, firm, they were claiming to be Christians, followers of Christ. Yeah. Now, Paul had some very stern issues and warnings and instructions about this in the Word yeah. on how we deal with this kind of behavior, whether it's homosexual, drunkards, or whatever. Sure. Okay, but let's take that out of the equation right now. Okay. And I, and when you're in the moment of it, it's so shocking. It's just like you're not expecting this. I mean, we're not, pardon, I'm not trying to be ugly. We're not in a Methodist meeting, okay? Yeah. We're not in, you know, yeah. <laughs> these things have been going on there for over 40 years. Sure. Okay. But, uh, so, you know, here we are. This is an Assembly God gathering. Okay. And he says, well, I told him, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're going to teach the whole word of God, you know, and he even said he believed it was wrong. And, and everything, and he, and he, so he said after they had been going to church for a little while there, they wanted to do something in the church, and so him and the church board got together, and they said, well, we can't put them in leadership because they're lesbians, yeah. so they decided they would let them be greeters, and they came up with a slogan that greeters aren't leaders, and he's telling us this, and I'm like, what? What building did you fall off and bump your head on? Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, I was just dumbfounded. And then he said, he stopped. And he looked down and he said, well, you know, they eventually did leave the church. And I, I don't know, maybe that was the wrong thing to do. Maybe that was yeah, the wrong maybe. thing to do. <laughs> and I'm like, what is oh, going on? Goodness. Now, here's the point. I sat in a meeting with that gentleman and another leader, and they were interviewing me on my style of presentation of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I talked to them that I use more of an expository yeah. uh, messages. In other words, I talked to them about hermeneutics yeah. and exegesis. Sure. And I said, and I believe that's the safest type of preaching and teaching you can do mm -hmm. because it doesn't allow you. And I said, when you go through a book of the Bible, it does not allow you to skirt around very sensitive issues and you yeah. have to deal with it. We're called to preach the full counsel of God. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's one way to do it. Yes. That gentleman that talked about those two lesbians, he was in that meeting. He said, well, I mean, that's not the only way you can preach. I mean, you can do topical stuff. And, and you know, and I mean, I said, yes, of course you can. I said, but man, that's a whole lot more work to do when you start using exegesis and hermeneutics. Yeah. And, and I mean, why, you know, why would someone feel like that you could, first of all, if you have two people who claim to be believers, I don't care if they're a man and a woman living in sin together. Mm-hmm. And they're claiming to be Christians. Yes. Or they're two women or they're two men. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Or someone who is an open drunk. So let's just make sure we know what we're talking about. Sure. Paul dealt with this. So these two women came in. So let's just paint this picture. They're singing the songs of the church. Yes. They're probably raising their hands uh -huh. and worshiping. And these are two women. And they're they are pronouncing themselves as lesbians and they're worshiping year after year after year. Yeah. And now we're going to make them greeters. 
and they're two lesbians. I don't care what we say with our mouth. I don't care. I'm not saying that homosexuals are not welcome in our church. No. But when you begin to say, I'm a brother in Christ, yeah. I'm going to bring you in my office, and I'm going to say, hey, this is what the Scripture says, mm -hmm. and I'm going to call you to repentance. And if you're going to look at me and say, well, God's good with me being a homosexual, then I'm going to look at you and say, then you're going to be good going to church somewhere else because you're not going to bring this here. Yeah. Once you, you start identifying I'm a Christian, like Paul said, such were some of you. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that's why he dealt with that. Anyone that calls himself a brother and they're a drunkard or they're immoral or mm -hmm. they're this or that, he said, don't even eat with people like this. Yeah. That's strong language right there. And where that, where that minister made the mistake was that he wanted so much for these two women to hear the gospel, but his hermeneutics were very off. Yes. I would say there's some ice Jesus in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. And uh and it and it blinded him to something that he shouldn't be blind to. Yeah. And the very fact that he put his head down and you could I and I, I like to think the Holy Spirit was dealing with him. Sure. And he says, Maybe I was wrong. I, I think it tells the whole story. And, and and I'm not saying and that guy still continues to pastor and, I, and yeah. as far as I know he's not done anything. By the way, one of the churches that were directly under him went and affirmed same sex marriage and pulled out of the assemblies of God. Assemblies, so yeah. something that he was personally responsible for happened wow. like that. I'm telling this stuff breeds contempt. Yes. That's what it does. And yeah, and the thing is, is that well, the Bible talks about that a little eleven leavens yeah, the whole loaf, but it just moves through. So, but the the thing, the fact of the matter is, is that as a greeter, you are uh, <laughs> frankly they're the first thing that some, a new person uh, sees when they come into that church. Yeah. We represent this church. Yes, I mean, can you imagine, hey, man? Hey, this is my girlfriend. Yeah, this is my wife. Or my whatever you call one another in a moment like that. I mean, I just, I just, I, I'd be afraid God would kill me. Yeah, but could could you say that this pastor possibly did not know how to deal with it? Well, I think that's probably the the biggest thing. By the way, this gentleman holds a master of divinity from our Assembly God Seminary in Springfield. Which and, is a Assembly God yeah, seminary. Yeah. Holds a Master of Divinity. You should know how to deal with I would sin say, that, that's in the but, house. And we talked about a little earlier in the in the broadcast, in the podcast, is that there is such a pressure. There is such a, uh, from the society, and pressure to give in. You don't give in. Uh, you have got to take a stand. And that's what we're trying to say here. Is that you got to take a stand now? Um, I think we've exhausted our time here. We we went a little bit longer than normal, but this is good stuff because we have got to understand. Yes, this wokeism, where it starts from, the foundations, the a priori. We were talking about the philosophy that it builds upon, is is a hatred of God and His creation and and the truth of God and the Word of God. Because bottom line. They want to. They want to take what God set in motion and twist it, and that's what's going on here. 
So anyway, well, I tell you what, it's been good. Uh, we've had a lot of good uh, teaching. Next week, again, we're going to be moving into that wokeism feeling or that flavor of, uh, you know, the um, uh, Black Lives Matters movement, the uh, the critical uh, race, the CRT. What I call what is that? The, the critical uh, race, theory. critical race theory and all that, and we're going to get into that next week. You don't want to miss this because we are dealing with things that are prevalent in our society today, stuff that will affect you as a Christian and affects our churches. So uh, make sure that you tune in. Uh, God bless you. If you have any questions or whatever, reach out, feedontherock.org. Uh, there's a con you know there's comment section on there you can just uh, reach out to us we also have a page on Facebook called the Foundations Podcast like the page and then you can uh, you can uh, talk with us if you have any issues or any questions or what have you and uh, those who are in Georgetown Texas or in the surrounding areas here in Austin we're having a seminar our first seminar in March or May 13 14 and 15 and on our first back to basics talking about how to effectively read your bible and which deals with all these things we're talking about hermeneutics exegesis eisegesis all that and how to properly understand and read the word of god so uh pastor thank you again for being with us today we're going to uh, close and god bless you all we'll uh, we'll talk with you next week take care